here with my dad and co-host Larry. Hi, this is Larry. Uh, welcome to the Rhett and Larry podcast. Larry at gmail.com is our email. You can email us anytime you want to let us know what's going on. Rhett, A-N-D, Larry at gmail.com. Not an ampersand. Three letters, A-N-D. All right, here we are today. I have lived in my apartment for, I think, two or three months now. We've paid rent three times. I think we've been here two and a half months. Um, and we recently, last month, got a utilities bill. And it, it might be that this utilities bill was for two months then, or for the, the two weeks that we were here and then the full month that we were here. So it's possible that this is a, an outlier bill. Um, but recently got our first utility bill and it was quite expensive. And so here we are today. I haven't paid utilities in probably a year and a half, maybe more. Because I guess before that I was living with you guys, right? I haven't had an apartment of my own in a few years now, maybe two and a half years or something. So this is my first utility bill. And it's my first utility bill living in a warm place. So all of my previous utility bills, I was living in the Northeast. Um, you don't need air conditioning as much. And I wasn't home all the time, right? This coronavirus sort of a curveball on utility bills, living at home, working at home, higher utility bill. So it was $230, I believe, um, pretty expensive. Hopefully don't have to live like that every month. Um, what has your experience been, Larry, with utility bills during uh, coronavirus and then maybe also during your time in Florida? If you, I don't know, if you paid utilities up in Pennsylvania when you were there in New York or what is your, how has it changed over time? What's that been like? Yeah, I had a mini, I had like this mini apartment in a big house um, up in Pennsylvania. My utility bill was nothing. I went one year without turning the thermostat on. So in the winter, I froze my butt off. Uh, pipes never froze because the rest of the house kept it warm. And I had, a, I had some kind of exposure that kept it warm as well. I think I had a window somewhere. And then, um, but it was pretty, you know, I mean, I, think, I don't think it got below, say, mid-50s. But So I would walk around in sweats and everything. So I was just really cheap and didn't have any money. And then uh, I kept it cool in the summer. And then when I moved to, uh, I don't know how it kept cool in the summer. But when I moved to Florida, um, it was kind of expensive. Uh, lived in apartments. And then finally, you know, those like apartments are all like, they seem to be in the middle of stuff. So you don't get hammered by the roof. I think a lot of the heat comes in through the roof in the summer. So when we built our house, we put a radiant barrier in underneath our roof, which kept mm a lot of the heat between the radiant barrier and the roof. So it keeps the heat, keeps the heat trapped in or how does it work? 
Yeah, it traps the heat between the uh, – keeps it out of the attic, basically. I mean, not 100% because the attic is still probably one of the most uncomfortable places you would ever want to go in the summer in Florida. Um, it's massively hot at night – I mean, during the day. And then um, – so that was a good – that was a pretty good deal. And I had a builder friend that tipped me off on that, a uh, builder that did not profit from the radiant barrier. So an objective source. And then um, I think there's actually studies that showed that the radiant bearer would save, you know, X amount of dollars a month. So that mm -hmm. helped. And then, you know, you can insulate uh, with proper insulation. We're able to reduce, um, you know, some of the impact of heat loss in the house, heat loss or, or cold intrusion or either one. Um, but it, it just kept a barrier between the outside and the inside. And, and you do that in the attic as well with insulation. And then, um, so initially, when we first moved in, it was great. The electric bills were very, very low. We didn't have any, at the time we had, uh, we had a baby. Um, so he Who's didn't that? use you. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally a baby. So uh, I don't think we had a computer. I certainly didn't have a printer. I didn't have a paper shredder, didn't have any monitors. I had probably one or two TVs. So electric was pretty low. It was limited pretty much to AC, cooking, um, pretty low stuff. You know, pretty, I mean, over time, it's just with all the technology that's- Yeah, it's actually pretty house. interesting. Like you yeah. don't even, you don't even, back in the day, back yeah. in the 90s, you didn't even know that you would have half these electronics that you have now, right? Yeah. And you charge your phone every day. And, and you charge also, three other, four other phones every day. Totally. Plus gaming also, consoles, all sorts of stuff didn't exist. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, but I was really proud of myself back then that I put in um, I put in cable outlets and phone outlets in every room. That's how proud I was, you know. Yeah. And extra and extra um, electrical outlets. I spent like you know thirty bucks on each one of those, just to uh, make sure that I had a high tech house, you know. Yeah, it really. But, it it was actually future proofed the house. Yeah. In a pretty big way then, right? The electrical outlets is huge. Yes. Was there an option to like buy houses back in the day with no electrical outlets or with no, limited yeah, electrical was, outlets? I think there was like one in each room and then one phone line. You had to add, I think they, it came with like two phone lines and then two um, uh, cable lines in the house, something like that. And then hmm. for other ones you want, you'd have to add them. And I pretty much added them in every room. Um, right. And I added more electric things, I think, a couple more, not many. Um, that was kind of key, but the for those early electric bills were, um, you know, mostly under a hundred dollars. And then the, uh, you know, in the summer they'd get over a hundred and I was like, Oh my God, I can't afford this. And then, um, you know, over time, you know, maybe you'd have one month of $200, um, you know, back in the summers when like everybody had to stay in the house the whole time because they didn't go to camp or, they didn't go to work or whatever it might be. But you know, when you went off to camp or something, when people left the house, like when we went mm -hmm. on vacation, if we went on vacation for two weeks, right. that, that monthly bill would be like really low. So that was a cool thing. And then when you got back, when school started again, um, you know, things were much better. Right. Uh, Cause you know, everybody, and then, you know, so probably when your mom went back to work full time, 
there would be, you know, full days in the summer when, you know, I mean, it was 80, degree, 80 degrees in the house all day long. So the electric bills were, you know, moderated. But now, you know, this year, since March, there's been people in the house, like, literally every day, all day long, almost. So, you know, when we left, we would, um, you know, put put the temperature up to 80 degrees for as long as we were gone. And now that like never happens. The good news is, is this today was like the first time I filled up my gas tank in my car in yeah. at least a month. So yeah. I've saved, you know, we've saved money on gasoline there. So, but we, but we spent, you know, my electric bill was I think 220 last month. And then the latest one was like 205, something like that. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes is how do you reduce your electric bill that, you know, and there's, you know, in our, in our state, Florida power and light has a way to cut your bill by you allowing them to turn your, say your air conditioner off for three hours when they have a peak situation, if they have to do that, they turn certain things off. And I think you get back like three and a half dollars a month by being in that program. That doesn't seem worth it. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I don't think they've ever cut me off. You know, for those on a peak situation, yeah. I don't think that's ever happened. True. Well, the other thing. What we, about now? Right? Is is it always a peak situation now that everyone is home? You know, uh, we've never. I've never faced that issue. So um, it just gives them the right to do it. I guess. I, you know, I don't. It's not been an issue. Yeah. And then the other thing that happened was, uh, let's see. They recommended, well, they gave us some options. So, you know, putting a solar hot water heater in was an option to keep, uh, to help, you know, pay for your hot water using the sunlight as yeah. opposed to electricity to heat it up that way. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that's a, I'm not sure the return on investments there because we've had to replace certain parts and things. There's been a lot of, um, you know, maintenance on that but it does keep the electric bill down to some degree. I could tell that we put in uh, higher end windows, which theoretically keeps the house cooler and should theoretically keep it warmer in the, in the winter. We never, you know, the beauty of living in Florida is um, at least here, we've never, we, we'd almost never put the heat on. So the bills are less than, can be less than a hundred dollars in the winter. And then the other thing that, you know, we put a new air conditioner in about 10 years ago and immediately you saw the, it just was so efficient that you could see the, uh, the you know, the electric bill dropping. Right. But that now our electric, now our, now our air conditioner is 10 years old. So it's, you know, it's going to get out of warranty and it's going to, I'm sure it's not as efficient as it was 10 years ago. So that's something that would save money down the road. Other than the fact you've got to spend, you know, seven thousand dollars or money up front. Get a new air conditioner or five, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you don't do that. In a, you wouldn't do that in a rental unit. The landlord would likely right, pay for obviously. That. Yeah. yeah, especially where you live. Yeah, totally. But, so those are just some of the. I mean, there's other factors they gave us. We had the beauty of the Florida Power and Light was they would come out and do a energy assessment for you, and there there might be other power providers around the country that would do an energy assessment for you. Um, you know, so you might, you might be able to save money on your dishwasher, you know, by putting a new one in or various other appliances. 
and, and they're all, if you go, if you're, if you ever get to buy an appliance, there's always these energy ratings on them, which will help you determine how much it will cost you to run them. I've never and seen they really, and they can really tell which appliance is like driving the most electric. Like they can uh, give you the breakdown. I don't know that they can break it down based upon the appliances that you have in your home, but I think they can look at the age of them and the, you know, every, every one of these appliances, I shouldn't say everyone, but the vast majority of the appliances, if you look up the documentation on them, there'll be a number that will tell like an you energy like, chart or something. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's kind of interesting, especially with big ones. And, you know, back in the day, the government, would give you a uh, discount for coming up with a higher, with a more energy efficient product. If you put one in, there'd be a tax credit on that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if that still exists. And the state had a program and the electric company had a program as well. But the other, you know, the other factor that, you know, when, you know, talking off the air with you, uh, you said you kept your, it sounded like you kept your, uh, your thermostat pretty low, like you were wanting to live up north again. Correct. So last year, I read a book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Very good book. Probably my favorite book of last year. Will change the way that you think about sleeping. Um, and in that book, I think the recommendation for the temperature of your room when you're sleeping I think he says 65, uh, but if you look online, I think you'll find anywhere. And we, we did look online earlier. We found the range of 65 to 72. I think that's the biggest range that we found. Uh, there are other websites that will tell you 65 to 68 or 65 to 70. Uh, but the one we found 65 to 72 said whatever you're comfortable with in there. We've been keeping the house. I think we're at 72 right now, but it might dip into the 60s later on. It's on one of those automatic schedule situations. Um, sleep is really important and, you know, happy to be in a position where I can afford to pay a little more for the cool air when it's really hot out. Don't want to be paying $230 every month. So hopefully, you know, we can... I think we're going to try to get a uh, one of these bed uh, chili pad kind of just cool our bed, just cool the bedroom situations um, so that we don't have to run air conditioning throughout the entire house all night. Um, I think that's something that I didn't really consider. I've never lived in an apartment uh, this big before. I've only ever lived in studios and one bedrooms and in those smaller apartments, you don't really think about when you run the central air that you're cooling the entire house. Um, it would be really cool if you could just cool a single room, right? Because we only need the bedroom to be cold. Um, we don't need the living room or the kitchen or the second bedroom or the closets or the bathrooms to be cold. Um, and so I don't know when that technology is going to get here, <laughs> but that would be really great, right? Yeah, it's kind of here already to to a degree, but but what? Let me ask you this question: Are you on the top floor? We're on the third floor out of, I think four or five. 
Okay, so that's not a huge factor then. Um, because, you know, if you're on the top floor, I would think it would be hotter there a little right, bit. The heat rises, but, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the other, well, let me ask you this question. What, what is so important about your sleep? Like, I think you say sleep is important, but I don't think the average person, you know, really gets it, like, in any detail. Why do you think it's so important? Or what did the book help educate you about? I think uh, the scariest statistic or, or fact that's presented in the book is that when you get less than six hours of sleep a night, your body will preferentially burn muscle instead of burning fat. Um, so normally you'd sleep and you would burn a little fat, you're sleeping, um, you're getting, you know, recharged for the night. When you're running on no sleep, your body will start to burn muscle. And this is this, this idea of having higher composition of muscle is really important because when you have more muscle, you burn more energy just at rest feeding those muscles. And so you can think about it, the less muscle you have, the less calories you're burning from doing nothing. And so if you are sleep deprived, you're losing more and more muscle. And so you're burning less and less calories, which means if you're eating the same amount, that you're going to get heavier and heavier and heavier because you're not burning that amount, uh, the same amount of calories that you were before because you started to lose muscle. And so this can really spiral you into a situation where you think everything is fine. I'm eating the same I've always been eating, but you're getting heavier and heavier and heavier and you don't know why. Um, and it can come down to your sleep. People think that it's all diet and exercise, but the third sort of spoke on that wheel is sleep. And it's equally as important as, as diet and exercise are. And it's often neglected, right? Yeah. I, I thought there was something else in a podcast you sent me, and I, this is the one thing that I remember in addition to what you just said, but it seemed like the sleep process, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there something about it allowed, you to, it allowed your body to um, cleanse itself of toxins or something like that, where um, it worked to do that, and the more time it had to do that, the more would be released, um, probably through your you know, your, your urine is my recollection. Um, you know, and I thought, the, so more sleep was better for that as well. I don't, yeah, I don't recall specifically what it was. There is a, um, there's this chemical in your brain that when it builds up, it's the thing that causes Alzheimer's. And so when you get less than six hours of sleep, this is sort of the magic number, but you should really be shooting for uh, eight hours of sleep. Uh, seven or eight if you can't get eight seven is definitely better than six and six is definitely better than five um, so if you're getting less than six you're not cleaning out this toxin from your brain that when it builds up causes alzheimer's and so they've linked um you know lack of sleep to to alzheimer's and so the way i think of it is every every day that i don't get six hours of sleep i'm like causing myself to get like one one thousandths, you know, some small fraction, I'm like causing Alzheimer's in my brain, right? Yeah. Um, which is a like horrible thing to think about. Um, and it's, I think a real wake up call, no pun intended, 
um, for people to, you know, take it seriously, right? Uh, people here all the time to exercise and to eat right, but no one's out there ringing the bell for sleep. So That's then it, be. so then it actually, I mean, you're, you're actually with your, with your bill, with your air conditioning bill, you're paying to get better sleep, which a good way which to you could, which, which you could argue is a good investment. You could argue. Yeah. So the question then becomes is like, at what point, you know, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, like, so if the ideal sleep temperature is 65, yeah. um, what is the ideal temperature if you don't need a blanket or a sheet or two blankets or three blankets? Like, there are people I know that will sleep with three blankets and three pillows. And yeah. that to me is like, in the, winter, the in the winter. What does the pillows have to do with it? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's maybe keeps people warm. Like it's just suffocating okay. to me, but I, you sure. know, I know people, I know people like, uh, you know, in, in the fraternity house that you lived in and in college, uh -huh. the same one I lived in, we had, you know, in the winter, we slept with the windows open. So it'd be like five degrees out. We've got the windows open because it was a supposedly a fire hazard to keep the window closed because we'd have like six or eight or 10 people sleeping in one room in a bunch of bunk beds. So we had, I don't know how many blankets we had on the beds, a number, especially if we didn't have a, a heated electric blanket, electric, electric uh, heated blanket. So the question, now that was in, clearly in a situation where you needed to heat your, we weren't using any electricity on that. Well, we were with a heated blanket, but the question is like in a, in a hot, you know, in, in an air conditioned situation where, the, where it's 80 degrees out at night, do you sleep with a sheet on? Do you sleep with one blanket on, two blankets? Like at what point, you know, can you sleep without anything on? And can you leave your house at 70, say, or 72 versus 65? Like there's a trade-off, it seems like to me at some point. It's, I don't know enough to, what you are saying seems logically correct to me. And it seems like, um, the more blankets you put on, the more you're offsetting the lower air temperature, right? So if you're setting your thing down to 65, but you have six blankets on, it seems like you're raising your body temperature and maybe it would be better to just have the thermostat at 70 and only have one blanket or something. Um, I don't know how much you know, they didn't talk about blankets too much during the sleep book. Uh, so I can't give you a hard and fast rule on that. But what you're, what you're saying seems logically correct to me. And then, and then the question becomes like, if you get some kind of technology where your mattress is, uh, you've got cool water running through your mattress all the time. Yeah. There's got to be some electricity that's necessary to get that, the, the water to run coolly through the mattress. So the question becomes, is that more efficient, you know, electronically than, than keeping the air down? And I don't, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> and then how much does it cost and all that business? Yeah, it's pretty expensive, but I imagine that it draws less power than, um, you know, than cooling your entire house all night, every day, right? Well, then that becomes, that becomes the other question is like, during the day, what should be the ultimate 
or the, what's the optimal temperature during the day if you're home versus if you're not home. And I know in our home, um, you know, at least three of us are home almost every day. And regardless of what I do, when it's 71 in here, I have to put a jacket on till, especially if I walk outside for a minute and I come back in, I've got to, I've got to have a jacket, like not a heavy jacket, but a pullover or a long sleeve shirt on to make sure that I'm not freezing my butt off at 71. It's just, it's just too cold for me. Yeah. I think we're getting into personal preference territory and um, what the fan situation is like. Yeah. And then what's, what's the return on investment for keeping it low? <laughs> That to me is the bottom line. So, and you're on your sleep, on your sleep situation, the ROI yeah. is pretty is that huge, the best, right? Is it, right. Is that the best argument that you've heard for, uh, for air conditioning? Definitely on the, the ROI on, on your the sleep. sleep. Yeah. yeah. Cause you, cause clearly, you know, the science shows that you're getting like good sleep is important. Keeping it cooler is more important. Yes. Right. You know, but during the day it's like, and, and you don't want to have, you know, in the South with all the humidity and most of the, in many of the places you don't want humidity it's good to have your air running to keep the humidity out and to keep things from getting moldy and right mildewy and stuff like that you know so so you're saying it's good to keep it on or it's like like where would you keep it there keep it <laughs> high 70s or something i don't know high 70s might be too much for me it gets back to personal preference but there's probably some number you know mid 70s and below I, you know I, you know it just depends but it depends on your on your your abode, what kind of abode you have, and and uh, how efficient it is, I guess, and how it's built. You don't want you just don't want you don't want it getting moldy. That's that's important too. My grandmother, my grandmother lived in South Florida, and she used to uh, keep it really, really, really cold. I don't know if you remember that, but it was freezing to go to her house in Delray. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'd have to go sit on the porch to get out of it. I don't recall. <laughs> yeah. But. I remember the little, there's a porcelain poodle. I think that was there. Yeah. I remember that. I remember the kitchen. I yeah, don't the remember too much about the porch or what else. Yeah, it was a, it was a real poodle and it froze. And so it, they turned it yeah, into okay. porcelain. <laughs> yeah. that was I'm sure. Joke. No, I just, yeah, I'm that sure. I, I just no, made it. I might have been told that. I don't know. I just made it up, but yeah. So, anyway, I remember there was a uh, there was like a grocery store down there, and you guys were into being vegan before veganism was cool. This was like in the nineties. Yeah, you guys would go down there and get like vegan ice cream bars. <laughs> oh my god, they were so good too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That was a good place. Yeah. But so anyway, that's the story on the temperature in the house yeah. and the electricity. So we will uh, we'll get these sleep solutions for our beds and figure out if that saves us any money or if we just wasted a ton of money. I think that there's like a 30-day money-back guarantee kind of situation. So huh. covered a little bit on the risk. Let and you if know there's I would say if there's any viewers out there and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear your ideas on temperature in a Southern home. You can email those to Rhett and Larry, Rhett and Larry at gmail.com.
Perfect. Speaking of Rhett and Larry at gmail.com, we got more questions. Here's a question for you, Larry. It's a little loaded. How many dogs have you owned and will you ever own another one? <laughs> uh, I've owned two dogs. One yeah. that I had to take one that I had definitely had to take care of. Yeah. And when uh, you were younger, when you were a child, when you were a wee lad. I didn't have to take care of it as much as I do now. True. As I would now. So as the second one that I had. So so there that would be two dogs and uh I love having dogs, but at the same time, they're a huge, um, you have to take care of them and you have to treat them like a, like a, like a person. And, and so at this stage of my life, I'm not ready to, to own another dog. And, you know, it's hard when you leave them, if you're going away and that's probably the biggest issue. Um, you know, we had other issues with, you know, just, dog hair and all that. I don't remember stuff. that that much. Yeah. Well, you didn't clean it up. That's why. So that's <laughs> true. Well, I just remember going to friends houses who had golden retrievers and other kinds of dogs that shed quite a bit. And I don't really remember our dog Sora ever shedding. Yeah. She much. was pretty good actually for a dog. She was really good. Like my first dog was a German shepherd and this one was a Shiloh Shepherd, and the Shiloh Shepherd did not shed anywhere near the German Shepherd, what, what my German Shepherd did. Is that a so, way that they're bred? What do you think that is? Like, you know that going in? I think, I think we were told to some extent that the Shiloh was bred to a degree that it didn't shed quite a bit. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think certain breeds, uh, my understanding is certain, certain breeds shed more than others. Right. And it may also have something to do with what you feed them, but I'm not an expert in that. Yeah. But the Shiloh Shepherd was bred for temperament to avoid like hip dysplasia. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. And they both, they both lived about the same amount of time. I think about seven, seven, eight years. It's my recollection. How many? Ten. Was it 10? I think so. It was close yeah. to 10, if not 10. Wow. So anyway, um, it's a, but it's, yeah, it's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of commitment and I think people have to be fully committed to having a, a dog. How about you, Rhett? What's your take on it? Well, I don't know that you really answered the question, but I will answer the question and I'll give you another opportunity. So <laughs> I am also probably not at the, uh, how many dogs I've only owned one dog. Um, and will I ever own another one? was the second part of the question, which you answered, are you ready to own another one right now? Which was not the question. So am I ready? To, I'll, I will also answer not the question. I'm also not ready to own one right now, I don't think. Um, but we have been talking about it. My girlfriend really wants to get a cat, see how that goes. I think they're a lot less effort, but it also, makes it difficult to travel to, if you want to pick up and travel around the world for six months, not gonna be easy if you have a pet. Uh, and then you have to give the pet to someone else and you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I think it, at some point I'd really like to have a dog and live 
somewhere out where I can, Joe Rogan would always run hills with his dog. He always posts pictures of that on Instagram and I'm pretty jealous. I think one day I will get into running again and I will run hills with my dog. So yes, will I ever own another one? Definitely. That's the plan anyway. Did you ever, have you seen the, the show Afterlife on Netflix? Negative. Um, it's with um, Ricky Gervais, if, that, if that's the way to pronounce his name. Great show, yeah. by the way. But it's, uh, you know, he's got a dog and his, his wife dies and he's always out with his dog. That's one of the cool, you know, the dog thing is kind of neat in that show. Right. He's got a great relationship with his dog. I have a, I have a friend that is his wife passed away and his, his, he's got a great relationship with his dog. I don't know how he travels with it or what he does with it, but the dog is always with him. And so, you know, I mean, I think a dog, you know, it's a great thing to have a dog. I'm just not ready for it. So will I ever have one again? I don't know. You know, I'm just not ready. Not going to commit to the answer on the show. I no, tried to, I've, I tried to get him, but we couldn't get him. Yeah, I have two, I have, we've had two big dogs. So, um, you know, at what point of your in your life does it become tough to have a big dog? Uh, that's the other thing. And then, do you do you want a little dog? I I don't know. You know just do you the think cat, that there's yeah the cat? Go ahead. The cat was you know the cat was probably uh, more uh, there was more hair from the cat than I saw in a dog. So the cat that we had, yeah, you know. And then you get, and then if you have carpet, then you're dealing with, you know, they don't, dogs and cats don't wipe their feet off or take their shoes off like we do. So carpets can get a little uh, uh, dirty, I would say. Our dog didn't wear shoes. No. So she didn't take them off when she came in. No. And she tried, she didn't always wipe her feet off either at the front door. She did. So, 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 you know, we did have carpet. And I think when she passed, we got rid of the carpet. Yeah. True. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, what do you was think? After, after that, I'm I'm dealing with um, uh, animal rights activist over here who only wants to get uh, animals from the shelter. So, what do you think about uh, where did you get your first dog? And then we got our mutual dog, your second dog, my first dog from a breeder up in upstate New York. Um, but where did you get your first dog from? A pet shop. Mm. That was, uh, you know, way back in the day. Um, Pre-animal rights activists. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there were a lot of shelters around back then. Right. So I don't, you know, I don't have any objection to getting something out of a shelter, but you know, it's just, especially, you know, probably, especially a cat. So. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. But you do have to so get it vaccinated. You do have to get it vaccinated and, you know, spayed, and, which if you get it at a shelter, they'll usually do that for you or you pay them. But yep. then you got to take care of the cat. So you have to bring it in and get, you know, take it to the vet and all that maintenance, stuff. Maintenance, cat maintenance. Yeah. Maintenance, yeah. There is cat maintenance. <laughs> yeah. It's only one that are different from car maintenance. Definitely. And if it doesn't like get six hours of sleep a day or 12 hours of sleep or 18, you whatever Alzheimer's, it is, yeah. Yeah. You could have issues with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Got to keep the thermostat low for it. Definitely.
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let us know what your thermostat is set to. Uh, pretty, pretty specific conversation today. Uh, and then if you have had any animals, feel free to uh, let us know how that has been as well. Rhett and Larry at gmail.com. I just realized that I could be putting the email address in the description of the podcast, which I should probably do. Um, so look forward to that in the future. This is actually episode 11. We never talked about it. Whoa. Last week was 10. Yeah, so we've been doing this for 11 weeks. Thank you for everyone that's listening. Um, it's been fun so far. Keep going. Yeah. All right. Cool. Have a good week. You too. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.